Meet My Man and His Thoughts on the Intense Woman. Hi, my name is Trina Glines, and this is Elevate Your Marriage and Life podcast. This podcast is for those who want to create happiness daily, even among the chaos that marriage and family life will bring. Get ready to elevate your marriage and life today. Welcome, ladies. I am really excited about today's interview because I am going to interview my man. You all will get to meet him. Um, But before we get going into that, I first wanted to let you know we are only 18 days away from fall semester of Taming Jane Academy. That is my online course. And I just want to ask you, have you ever had the thought like, "Hmm, maybe I should look into this? Well, I'm going to tell you, don't wonder any longer because you have a 30-day guarantee. Go sign up for my course. And if you find after the first four classes, this isn't for you, then a full refund, no questions asked. So if you do have any um, questions for me, feel free to DM me on my social medias and I'd be happy to answer those for you. But let's get right into this interview. So this for sure is going to be my favorite interview because you get to meet my better half. Um, Jeff has been my number one supporter through this journey that I have been on. And we're going to talk about how I did discover this intense woman that had come in and taken over me. And I we're going to go through a little bit of how it affected him as I went through to attempt to kick her to the curb, which I continually do. Um, I don't have to quite as much anymore because I'm, I've got the tools now to be able to handle maneuvering through this crazy mess of marriage that none of us are taught any tools for. So first, um, welcome, Jeff. Hey, good to be here. This is going to be awesome. I'm a little bit nervous, but hey, (laughs) I don't do it on a daily basis or a weekly basis like you. So (laughs) it's going to be awesome. It's going to be good. We I've kind of just prepped him just a little bit on just the questions that I'm going to ask. But other than that, he is just going to go off of exactly how he feels. So I'm anxious to have him share with you. Um, kind of how the first part I wanted to get into is how the intense woman affected him. Um, And the way I classified it um, when I first, before I even knew what the intense woman was. So this was just our first 20 plus years of marriage. Whenever I didn't feel a connection to him, whenever I didn't feel heard, whenever I didn't feel like he cared or loved me, which were all false beliefs, just so you know. Um, But I would go into what I classified my safety box. And my therapist quickly let me know that that was an incorrect um, title to my box. That was my unsafe box where I went to when I didn't feel safe. But Jeff, I'm just curious... You obviously could feel those times that I emotionally pulled away from you when I did not, um, you could feel there was no connection. What did that do to you? What did those moments feel like to you? How did you know it was happening and how did it make you feel? Um, I definitely knew it was happening because (laughs) I could feel that disconnection immediately and uh, I, my first thoughts were, 
Um, what did I do? Did I say something wrong? Did I do something? Did I forget something? I was always, uh, when you went into your box, I would kind of go on to uh, walking on eggshells, as they describe, and wondered, okay, what do I need to do? Do I need to apologize for something I didn't do? Or did I do something? Anyway, I kept my questioning myself over and over. And, uh, and yeah, it, it's not very fun. And I, I'm not, I'm really not a person that uh, gets angry or anything like that, but I, but I would just go and just stew about it. And, and I would have these feelings of like, what, what's going on? What is, what is, you know, what's, what, why is she pulling away? And it just, it puts me in a lot of doubt and wondering, questioning, um, uh, that I did something and cause I always want to, I, I'm a pleaser and I want to please you, but it was really hard to, uh, to know when you, you know, wouldn't communicate and just pull away. And so it kind of made me feel a little bit, I guess, hesitant in what I would say or what I should do next or, or whatnot. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. It totally makes sense. And, and ladies, I just want to kind of preface that I had no tools like many of you out there, and I want, I want to ask you this question. Did anybody teach you how to communicate in marriage? Did anybody teach you how your man thinks and works and how opposite it is from yourself? Did anybody teach us these things? So in defense for myself, I guess you could say, the intense woman came out of the shadows because of a lack of knowledge of understanding how relationships work. And I came into my marriage assuming the only thing I could assume, and that is others must be a version of you. That's that there, There's no other way of not knowing that unless somebody's taught you. So yeah, you have men and you have women but all I knew is how I worked and how I thought. And so when my man wouldn't work the way I thought it should be, I would get offended. I would get hurt. I would feel like he's not listening to me. When I would ask him, say, hey, this needs to be done, this needs to be done, this needs to be done, and he would forget or he would do it differently than I saw it needed to be done, I felt like he doesn't hear me, he doesn't care, he must not love me. Right. Like that's that's what happens because we assume the others are a version of us, which men do the exact same thing. Men like so I'll ask Jeff, Jeff, did anybody teach you how women think and work? Nope, not at all. Did anybody teach you how to maneuver through communication? Did anybody give you any tools on communication to be able to communicate with me in an effective way? Only communication tools I learned at college, and it wasn't in a relationship. It was more business communication, so I was <laughs> clueless. So I think we can agree that neither one of us came to the marriage with any tools. Correct. We didn't come to the marriage with any tools. Flying by the seat of our pants, basically. Right? We were. We were. And we started our marriage off really quick on a bumpy road because um, we got pregnant really quick. Yep. Two, two weeks. <laughs> and that wasn't planned. I wouldn't change it now, but it wasn't planned. But because of how difficult my pregnancies were, um, it was a really hard way to, to start a marriage for sure. So 
here I am coming into this marriage and I'm assuming that he should be a version of me. I'm assuming when you load the dishwasher, I'm just going to use this as an example. When you load the dishwasher, this is how it needs to be loaded. And so I would show him, I would say, this is where this needs to be done. And then the next time that he would load the dishwasher, it wasn't done the way I said to do it. And I'd be like, seriously, really? How hard is it? And so I'd say, "Hun, this is supposed to go here. I'd correct it, which, well, how did that make you feel, hon? Um, it made me feel like you can do the, load the dishwasher yourself then. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work, ladies. It doesn't work when we criticize our men um, and even give them constructive criticism. None of us like that, number one. None of us like that. But I didn't know any better. I knew there was one right way to load the dishwasher. And I wanted him to learn how. So I would teach him again. I would say, don't forget, this is where this goes, and you don't put these in the dishwasher, da, da, da. He would do the dishes again, and it would be done wrong. I'd go over, I'd rearrange it, and then I'd finally get to the point where it's like, forget it. I'm not even going to ask. Now I have to do everything myself. Now, I'm obviously just using this dishwasher as an example. This comes out in every aspect of marriage when we expect the other to do it the way we would do it. Now, I need to preface, men can do this exact same thing, right? Men will have their way of doing something and expect their wives to do it their way. The most powerful lesson I learned, and this is where I kind of coined the intense woman, um, was the fact, I mean, this is just a portion of the intense woman, that there's not one right way to do something. There isn't. There's not one right way to load the dishwasher. I don't know why women think they stood in a line in heaven and were given a queen's hat to say, you are the queen over the dishwasher. That's a bunch of crap. Now, if I would have known this earlier on in our marriage, when I had all these, you know, I have five, we have five kids and four of them are boys. I wouldn't have been correcting the dishwasher loading all the time. Who cares if there's a couple of bowls that got flipped over that I had to re-rinse through, re-put in the dishwasher. The fact that they helped, the fact that they wanted to please me, that's what I needed to concentrate on. But I didn't because I didn't know better. And I felt like, I mean, as women, this works. You need to know, as women, this works. We go into another woman's house and have dinner, and we go to load her dishwasher. We will do one of two things. We will say, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm probably not loading it the way you would. Or we will ask beforehand, hey, how do you like your dishwasher loaded? Right, ladies? You totally resonate with that. Because we know she has her right way. (laughs) But men work differently than that. And and there's things, I mean, you think, ladies, there's things that your husbands want done a certain way that you don't really see as necessary, right? And you don't want to be compared to how he does it. And you want the way you choose to do it to be accepted. Well, really, it comes down to mutual respect, for sure. It comes down to mutual respect. But I just wanted to preface a little bit, just using that dishwasher example, that that's often what I would happen and would cause me to go in my box. I would be asking for something from Jeff. He wouldn't know what I was either asking for. I wouldn't be resonating in his language that he would be able to understand it. And then I would shut down. I would shut down. And I know, Jeff, you have explained to me times when, I mean, there were times, ladies, I was in my box for weeks, weeks, 
<laughs> weeks. <laughs> and we went through some really hard times. We went through some really financial struggles. And um, like all of you, there's always going to be something maneuvering through the marriage. There's going to be health problems. There's going to be children having problems. There's going to be financial problems. There's always going to be something that people are maneuvering through. And... Jeff, if you wanted to kind of share, I know you shared with me that there would be times that I'd be in my box and you would be on a drive somewhere and you would kind of let loose in the vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm not, like I said, I'm not someone to show anger to, to anyone uh, openly, but yeah, I would, I would get in the car. I'd be really frustrated and I would just have to get it out and I'd have to just turn the radio up really loud and just scream as loud as I could because I just had to get it out because I didn't know what to do. And so I wanted to make sure that uh, that I was doing my part and trying to um, be respectful of you and giving you your space because that's what I felt like you needed your space. And so that's what that's yeah. Occasionally I would get to the boiling point that I would just go and yell as loud as I can by myself in my car. So if you saw me doing that, then yeah, <laughs> that was uh, quite a few years ago. Well, and you know, ladies, when when he first kind of shared those moments with me, it just kind of just really broke my heart that I would have disconnected from the man who has dedicated his life to me. But ladies, I didn't understand why. I myself didn't know why am I being this way? Why why have I lost the happy side of me? Why have I lost the fun side of me? Why am I always going feeling like I have to be in this serious mode? And often a lot of that comes from the intense woman. The intense woman comes in and she takes away all of our feminine traits. She takes away from any it, she takes away all the traits that are, your man fell in love with you for. And she really stills the happiness out of your life. But I didn't know anything about her until I went on this journey. And as I went on this journey to discover, and the way I, way I first started discovering it was I read a book that was all kind of concentrating on how men think and work, which is so opposite of women. And in this book, it was just like, oh, my word. I have been assuming he should work like me. I have been assuming he should do it the way I should do it. And because of that, that's when I would be like, he doesn't hear me. He doesn't care. doesn't matter what I ask for. He's not going to do it anyway. I have to do everything myself. And now I take on a crap load of accountability, which is exhausting. And being a mom is already exhausting enough. And so then the intense woman works her way in. She take gets gets in the way of your happiness completely. And as I started to discover her, first of all, ladies, it's a very humbling place to be. And there were a lot of tears. There were a lot of moments as I was studying of like, oh my word, why didn't somebody set me up for success before this? Why didn't somebody share these things with me? Why did I not know it's okay to do things differently from each other? Why did I have to expect that he would do it my way and vice versa for men the same way? Um, <clears throat> so, so next I kind of want to move into how... It has changed us as a couple as I have discovered this intense woman. And, you know, first of all, 
I don't compare him to a version of me anymore. At least I try not to. There's probably moments I still catch myself and I have to rein it in. Um, but a great example, I think this is one that gets men in trouble all the time that always feel like they're misbehaving is really literally how they work as a single task focused being. And I'm a multitask alerted being. And I would be so irritated because he couldn't do more than one thing at a time. <laughs> and I think there were probably times he was irritated with me because I wouldn't concentrate on one thing at a time. And just that little piece understanding it made make it made so many scenarios make so much sense i'm going to use the example of in the car in the car jeff if we're in the car and we're together and i am talking to you what happens it just depends on how far we have to go so if it's like a short distance and no one's told me the address and i don't know where i'm going then I'm not going to listen to you because I'm trying to figure out where I'm going and where I'm going to be turning. And do I need to run by and grab some gas? Do I need to get some treats before? No. <laughs> um, get an ice water. Anyway, so I'm thinking of, you know, what I need to do. And and so, yeah, it can be it can be frustrating. I mean, I think what's frustrating is like going through a drive through ordering food for the whole family. That's what's frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> he does not do well in that situation when you got five people in the back yelling out their orders and changing their orders. And for a single task focused man, his mind is exploding. But hey, now Chick-fil-A has an app for that. You can go and order it all <laughs> through the app and just hit send and you don't have to worry about frustrating yourself. But yeah, that is a good example though of like single task focus sitting in the drive-thru and everyone's talking to you. I want this, I want this, I want this. Oh my word! My head's gonna explode, and 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 I look over at you, and you're like, "Why are you so frustrated?" <laughs> I'm like, "Cause I can't gather all that information in one scenario." You probably gathered it all, and you. So I'll look to you to repeat it back to me, yeah. And, uh, be a team, right? It's and that's funny. That's like that little scenario right there. Like I get irritated. I would get irritated. Like, why are you so irritated? It's not that big a deal. We're just going through a drive-through, but he would be so irritated. Um, another another part of driving, hun, if we're driving, that was a really great example, by the way. But if Sorry, we're, I got off on tangent. No, if we're driving and we're going from point A to point B, not very far, mm -hmm. and I'm talking to you. Yeah. What tends to happen? You must be looking for an I'm answer. I'm looking for an answer. I'm hoping you will say it without me probing you. Um, what often happens? Um, I'm always asking you, what do you do when I'm not in the car? Oh, oh like I miss a turn <laughs> or, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, that's interesting. So, if no one's in the car and I miss a turn, it's no big deal. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I... But I, why are you missing the turn most likely when I'm in I'm the car? Because I'm probably listen, trying to listen to you and trying to figure out where I'm going to go at the same time. And I can't. I only can do one thing at a time. Yep. So set me up for success. So that, so, <laughs> But that would irritate me before. I'd be so irritated. I'm like, seriously, hon? We are going here. It's not that hard. But yet he has been listening to me or he's listening to one of the kids in the back. And he forgets the turn because he's listening because men are single task focus whereas i can be talking to him and see the turns coming up and say hey don't forget to turn like i can do it because we're multitask alerted but normally we take offense to those little tiny differences that we have when in all reality if we just understood them 
then we can work with it. I don't get irritated now with you when we're in the car and we miss a turn. I usually will laugh, number one. And number two, I do often ask you that question. What do you do when I'm not in the car? (laughs) And the thing is, is when he is in the car and misses a turn, it's because he is thinking about something else. Yeah, for sure. He's thinking about something else. Ladies, we can be thinking about something else, managing the kids in the back of the car and still make the right turn. Most often. Once in a while, obviously, we're going to make mistakes, of course. But, um, okay. So because of that, so as I changed and I discovered her and that single task focus, multitask alertness, that's just one facet of knowing the differences between men and women. Um, But how has it helped us, Jeff, I don't go in my box anymore, right? Like rarely. Hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't go in my box anymore. What happens when we need to talk about hard things now? Um, You usually just, uh, you know, ask, you know, just very gently and nicely, hey, I need to run something by you and, and you'll just express your needs to me. And I know when you're expressing your needs, then I want to fulfill those needs. And so I'll sit and listen to you and understand it and try to get your perspective. And, and uh, sometimes it's, you know, it's not, I don't, it's kind of like the, I think guys dread that. Can we talk? You know, it's like, oh no, what did I do? You know, I don't really have, I don't, that doesn't happen to me anymore. Like, oh, we need to talk. It's like, oh, we need to just have a hard conversation and talk about it and, uh, and figure out a solution or, a remedy or something like that. So it's it's a lot easier and a lot, I feel safe, a lot more safe to be able to to let you talk and, and ask me questions and, you know, me give my answer. I don't have to be worried about like saying something wrong and then you go back into your box and then I'm like, what did I do? I didn't even know I did it. Anyway, so it's, yeah, it's 10 times better and a lot easier to communicate what what would you say to men out there um and and you know let's use this example you you've been my number one advocate you're my number one marketer let me tell you if you run into jeff he's gonna try to sell you my course because (laughs) he just knows the changes he has seen in our relationship and in me um what would you say to the men out there whose wives have taken my course to the wives that take um well number one if you want to take your marriage to the next level or improve upon it um, learning these tools is it's amazing um i just remember when you first you know kind of like i was the guinea pig and uh, starting out and you were implementing some of these things and i think you were a little bit worried how i was going to react or whatever but it was amazing like all of a sudden i could feel this uh, heavy, heavy uh, load just lifted and I could like stick my chest out and be proud and just go and be who I want to be and be a man and not have to worry about, uh, um, you know, you just having that, that, that uh, having you go in your box like that, it just made it so hard to, to uh, uh, just deal with life. It would consume me at work going, okay, what's she thinking? What do I need to do? I couldn't even concentrate on work. I couldn't even concentrate on being a provider. 
And, uh, and so now it's just, it's amazing to be able to. So more want to, I more want to address the men to the husbands of the wives who have already taken my course. Oh, so like, I'm not sure what you're, you're asking. So all the ladies that love to listen to my podcasts who have already taken Taming Jane Academy, mm-hmm. what would you say to their husbands as far as, um, as your wife is discovering this intense woman and working on her and stuff, how, what, what would you say to them on just, I guess I want to say, because there's two parts, there's two parts to a relationship. It's not going to be a hundred percent your wife doing all the changing, except that we can only change ourselves. Mm, We can only change ourselves. So the ladies, that's all I teach. I teach you how to work on you. So I'm asking you to share, what would you share to these men out here whose wives have taken this course? Because how has it influenced you? Okay. Yeah. With okay. me choosing to work on me. So, I think uh, what it's done is it, it's made me maybe look inward and go, you know what? What can I what can I do to improve or be a better husband, father to the relationship? And what can I do better? And uh, what can I improve upon? Now you know, and I see you working so hard, doing your you know doing your part. And then it made me kind of look, you know, look inward and say, what can I do better? What can I, what can I learn? And then I would ask you, you know, like, what's some good materials or a, an audio book I could listen to to maybe learn something more about you and how you work, where you've been working so hard to, to learn how I work. And so I would tell the men out there to, to look inward and to say, you know what? My wife's working her tail off and uh, I need to do, I need to step to the plate and do something a little bit uh, more than just let life happen. I need to be intentional, the word you use. I need to uh, choose to, to, uh, to learn more about how you work and, and the things that, uh, that would, or yeah, so that I'm able to work on myself and, uh, and be a better version of me. And then, you know, when you're both doing your part, then it just, I think magic happens then. I mean, in the beginning, you might see the magic happen where you, you were doing your thing and I could feel the difference. But I think as as I learn more about how you work and how, you know, how I should communicate and, and uh, um, you know, when you're communicating to me, what, what to look for, like one would be if you're, you know, I, I've noticed that if you're frustrated or something, you just want to talk. I don't have to fix it. And so I've learned that through my, some of the, my, uh, uh, some of the books I've listened to and some of the stuff that you've given me and I've learned like, Oh, okay. She's talking right now and she just wants to vent and I don't have to fix anything. Awesome. And it just took, took a load off of me knowing that all I have to do is just listen right now and that she'll, uh, she'll be able to, uh, vent and get it out of her system and then it will be okay. But before I'd be listening to you and I'm trying to fix it and all of a sudden it's just then then it's making it harder and harder to communicate. Something like that. Is yeah, that what you're looking yeah. For? Because because none of us have tools. Yeah. None of us can to to learn this the relationship tools. with tools. And kinda of like that last sentence he just said, everybody needs to feel heard, validated, and understood. Yeah, for sure. I might have said those wrong. 
heard, understood, and validated. Heard, heard understood, understood, and validated. And everybody wants to fill that, but men are often fix-its. They want to fix the problem. They want to, you know, and often women just want to talk because we process problems through talking. Men process problems through going silent and getting alone time and trying to figure it out on their own. And we were so opposite in that that we get frustrated there too, right? And so um, it's learning these differences that will empower ourselves. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I, I guess I wanted to kind of, um, highlight the fact that what I do is I teach women their part, but what I found in my experience with you and through all my beta programs that I did before I started Taming Jane Academy um, was that as I built you up, as I spoke your language, as I didn't compare you to a version of me you all of a sudden stood taller, wanted to work harder, and had like this desire, this increased confidence to even provide more for me. Absolutely. Because I was speaking your language, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So how incredible that is if men will learn to speak her language. Absolutely. Right? Like that has to be done, but I have no control over your part. But what I have found is often as women go through Taming Jane Academy, they are doing their part and it's a safe place. They're creating a safe place for their man to be like, oh my gosh, I want to do more. I, I want to provide more. And and I think that happened between the two of us, not as fast because I was diving in and learning so much. Um, but the one thing I do want to say, and you, Jeff, have been an example of this way before I even started any self-growth, self-improvement stuff. Jeff has, I mean, you bought the Tony Robbins, was it CD, what was it? Cassette tapes in college. Like how many years ago would that have been? Gee whiz, 25 years ago? Yeah, that you already had this desire to do self-improvement stuff, to work on yourself, right? Like you you started that before I even attempted mine. Um, and, and I think you'll agree with me, self-growth, self-improvement, whatever you want to call it, personal development is not a weakness, no, not at all. It adds to it adds to all the arrows in your quiver. Just it makes you a better person. It makes you um, want to lead out and and yeah. Pe- I think people are attracted to those people that are continuing continue to grow and develop and person you know personally choose to to be better. You know, year over year, or day after day, or what or whatever. I mean, you can see those people in your life that that choose not to do that, and they just get stagnant. They get stale, and it they're you know it's hard to be around those types of people. But the ones that are are continuing trying to improve and and whatnot, it's it's just I don't know. I think it's a better way to live mm-hmm. for sure. I agree. I agree. And we obviously experienced that very per, on a personal level with our marriage, but it did take me humbling myself and realizing the holy crap i've been doing a lot of things wrong (laughs) 
I mean, there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And now I'm not saying Jeff did everything right either, but I have no I control. It. I did I have no control over him. I have zero control over him. I only had control over myself. But the changes I did make, I want to talk now kind of on how it has influenced you um, as I discovered this intense woman. And I, I kind of want to go back to a moment. Um, I was in the middle of reading you know, the first book, I mean, I, I, I've i read so many books now, but I was reading this one book that was being really influential to me, and you and I had driven to um, dinner in Springdale, and that's one of our favorite places to kind of go get away, about 45 minutes away from here. And we were eating dinner, and I was discussing some of the things that I had learned, and we were laughing, and if I wasn't laughing, I would have cried, because it was just so apparent how I was assuming you should be a version of me. And I was, so we were sharing these, we were kind of laughing about it, making light of it. But do you remember that moment at all? Does that stick out in your head? Be honest. No, it doesn't stick you don't out. out in your head? Mm-mm. Oh my word, it stuck out in my head so, so much because of this is what happened. We were laughing. When I was the intense woman, did I laugh much? Did you laugh? Yeah. I think intense women don't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I we were laughing. I I just remember this genuine lightness that was coming from me, right? And the waiter came up and wanted to ask us something and I was laughing. And I go, oh, "I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry." He goes, "No, please don't stop laughing." Was that the waiter that was like like he came up to us afterwards no or no oh, that, was that was a different oh. one no this was in springdale oh. and he's he just said please don't stop laughing i remember it just hit me because laughter and happiness is a, an extreme feminine trait that makes men very attracted to women and i'm not saying the waiter was attracted to me i'm just saying he was probably looking at you going dude you are lucky you know because we were having a good time mm-hmm. i was happy but that moment really sits strong in my head because that's when I feel like I'm changing. Mm. I'm cha- I'm getting rid of her. She's been strangling my happiness. And and through that journey, before we kind of get into you sharing um, how it has influenced you, which I guess we kind of just talked about that a little bit, but... I learned through this journey that no one's in charge of my happiness but me. But I had put you in charge of my happiness. That's a big order. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot of pressure. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of pressure. I had put you in charge of my happiness. And if you didn't succeed, I wasn't happy. And that's not fair to anybody. No one should be in charge of our own happiness. No one. If you are waiting for someone else to make you happy, you're just going to keep waiting. We have to be in charge of our own happiness. And there's ways that we do that and talk about um, in my program to be able to help ladies connect, reconnect to that happiness in their life. But that was a big change for me in getting rid of the intense woman. Um, So when I did my very first beta um, I put together a group of women from all walk of life, all walks of my life that a lot of the women didn't even know each other. And one of them, actually, Jeff was a coworker of yours. 
Um, and we met together once a week and we, I, I just wanted to do this little book club and have them read this book to see how it resonated with them. So I could kind of say, okay, is this really going to be, was it just me? Was it just me? And <clears throat> your coworker had said to me, and this is kind of going to go off of how it influenced you, my changes. She's like, Trina, I don't know what you're doing, but Jeff walks taller and with more confidence at work. Like it's physically apparent. <laughs> so how did it affect you? Yeah, because you're not worrying about what you did wrong or whatever, even though it's not perfect, but you just feel like you can be a better provider, a better protector, a presider, and just be a better person because almost like you have that permission. Uh, I mean, it's not that I need your permission, but in a way, they always say, you know, happy wife, happy life, and and uh, and it should go back to you know, happy husband too. And if I'm if I'm being if I'm being happy and doing my part at the same time, it's only going to be you know it's gonna, we're going to resonate with each other, and we're just going to grow faster that personal development piece. And so yeah, it just so your question was how did I feel or what is it? Yeah. So how how um, how was me discovering the intense woman, getting rid of the intense woman, how did it influence you? Like from the physical kind of like what your coworker said all the way down just to your confidence, your belief in yourself. Just kind of talk a little bit about all that. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, um, I, I did. I mean, that, I remember, I remember feeling that way, like standing a little taller, a little, a little skip in my step and, like why that's kind of weird why am i why is this different you know and then i kind of put two and two together and knowing that that if i'm if i'm pleasing you and and uh that i guess i felt that confidence from you or the that validation from you that it's that I, that you're that i'm doing good or whatever you just men look for that and i think women look for that as well and it just made it more uh, intense. I didn't have. I didn't have to worry about uh, the other stuff, and I would feel. Yeah, I just. I just remember feeling just lighter and just a smile on my face, and like I could conquer the world. I could do anything and everything. I mean, I remember that feeling, and uh, and there's nothing better than than having that feeling, and being able to um, just do any do anything even though it's not perfect but it just is it just it's it's so powerful and uh i yeah there's there's i mean if any men are listening to this you're crazy not let your wife learn all this stuff because it will uh it's it's just a game changer i remember feeling that way it's like this is a game changer what the heck and uh, not that you that I need to do my part as well, and I understood I understood that, but you were working so hard, and I wanted to support that, and make sure that uh, that you knew that. Uh, and man, it's just it is it's amazing. Well, and I think kind of what what ladies that brought all those feelings he had that increased confidence he felt accepted he felt appreciated he felt loved more was because i was speaking his language absolutely which i didn't understand and it doesn't resonate with women and i i learned it 
and I realized that men, like, they need to know they're doing a good job. They need to be appreciated. They need to um, be, you know, you you talk with them about the things they are doing and and. Once again, go back to how much you appreciate it, because that's what encourages you to even do more. Yeah, I, I, I come. I have this thought came to mind, like uh, this is like early on in a marriage or whatever. I would like vacuum the floor or do something, you know, chore around the house or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I just vacuumed the floor. Doesn't it look nice? And you'd be like, uh, I do that every day, you know, and. And it all kind of makes sense why I would look for that appreciation because that's kind of my innate, you know, wanting to be appreciated, even though it wasn't that big of a deal, but, but it was a big deal to me. And I wanted, and I guess if, uh, if, if you knew that little tidbit of communication back then, you're like, oh, doesn't, thank you so much for helping. I would like, I'd have been vacuuming every, every single day. Well, well, ladies, I'll give you just a little reasoning behind that. Okay, here's the deal. I vacuum the floor all the time and I do not need to be appreciated for it. It's nice. It's great. Hey, hon, thanks for vacuuming the house today. Great. But that is not what's going to keep me vacuuming the floor. Why did I vacuum the floor? You wanted a clean house. Yeah. The floor needed vacuuming. Why does Jeff vacuum the floor? To please you. Exactly. To provide for you. different. We do it because it needs to be done. Men do it for you. I use the example all the time when I'm teaching. Ladies, there's a burnt out light bulb. Okay, hon, will you change the light bulb? Sure. He did not change the light bulb because it was burnt out. A man will live in a house till the last light goes out. Is that correct? Well, I know that's important to you because you've expressed your needs. You've learned how to communicate to me. So now I'm like, but, she, she doesn't like any light bulbs. But why, why, do, why do you change the light bulbs, though? To provide that for you. Yeah. You mm-hmm. didn't change it because it's out. Mm-mm. <laughs> no. So that's, that's, why, that's why it's such a big deal. If men aren't appreciated for those things that they do do, then they're like, forget it. I'm not going to do that again. You didn't win. Mm-hmm. Because the only reason why you did it was to provide for me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't acknowledge it. Whereas I will do the laundry. I will hang the laundry up. I will clean up the house. I will put the dishes away. Yes, love to be thanked for it, for sure. But you not thanking me for it does not stop me from doing it the next day. But me not thanking you for doing something does stop you from wanting to do it again because you didn't win. Mm -hmm. And that's how a provider works. Does that? Yeah, oh, totally resonates. I mean, I think I thought it it meant, because when I was younger, just a little boy, my mom would be at some meetings or whatever, and she'd come home, and I'd have the whole kitchen cleaned, and I'd clean it all up. You know, it wasn't perfect, but it had it all cleaned for her to come home, and I just waited for her to come home so she could be excited. And she would come home, and she's just like, oh, the kitchen looks so good, doing that without being asked. You know, I was just this little. I got all this appreciation. I thought it was like, oh, that's just how I am. That's my, That's just my personality, but not really realizing that 
that's that's what a man or a boy uh, needs is to be that that extra appreciation that that it's okay to share that, even though it might be a little work on your end. But man, you'll get so much more out of your man, out of your boys, by showing that appreciation because it works absolutely works and the reason why we struggle as women to do that is because two reasons one we're multitask alerted and Mm -hmm. we are looking at everything that needs to be done all at once and we don't necessarily see what was just done Mm -hmm. and number two we don't need that yeah we don't need that to get it done Mm -hmm. and so we assume you're just a version of us you vacuumed the floor because the floor needed to be vacuumed yeah yeah duh Right. So we work differently. We work totally differently. So um, so back to how it influenced him as I discovered her, he kind of mentioned how it made him want to even provide more. And he just said that, like, if you show that appreciation for those things that they do do, it's going to increase you your desire to want to even do those things more. So what can I do to to make sure that to, for you to be I mean, appreciate it or whatever. What, like if, what, what, what satisfies you as a woman? That I know I'm not the interviewer here, but <laughs> asking the questions. But what satisfies you, or what, what do you like to see? If you've cleaned the house, you know, you you've cleaned the house all day or whatever, and I come home from work, what are you looking for? Oh well, we for sure would love to be acknowledged hey, what thanks we for did. cleaning the house. Yeah, looks for great. Sure, want to be acknowledged. Like, oh, he noticed that, and then. Probably the one of the number one questions that you could ask a, a wife after you've been gone all day, even though you are exhausted, you've been working, you've been slaying dragons for the family, but if she's been home with those little kids, and like me, use my example, home with five kids, eight and younger, I'm exhausted, right? Mm-hmm. It, for you to come in and say, "Hun, I know you've probably had a crazy day. Is there anything you need? Mm-hmm. What can I help with? And that will feed you. Oh, that would be like, did he just really ask me that? Right? So I could say, but, but there's a problem with it too, though. Women struggle to share what they need and they'll, oh no, I got it. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. I've got it. I've got it. I mean, how many times have I said that to you? Mm-hmm. Right? Because we give and adapt everything away. I can't read your mind. We, well, no, well, we give and adapt everything away. Mm. Women are givers and adapters. We don't want to ask of anybody else. We will just keep giving and adapting to the point of exhaustion. So that question will work on me now because I understand it. Mm. And I understand my needs and understand they need to be met. But before the intense woman or before I got rid of her and when I was in that other state, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't even have been able to ask what I need because Mm. I disconnected myself from my needs so much that I wouldn't even know what to tell you because I'm so used to doing it all myself. Mm-hmm. And we learn that in Taming Jane Academy. Actually, I take the ladies mm. through the process of asking for their needs and recognizing what those needs even are because the ladies don't even remember it. I mean, it's one of the hardest lessons for them. Like, tr- I can't tell you how many times, ladies, it's crazy, how many times I have women ask me when I go and speak at functions, Trina, how do I discover what I need? If you ask a man it. what he needs, he knows. You have a very strong connection with your needs. We don't at all mm. because we give an adapted all way. It's a beautiful part of us. It's part of our DNA. Just like yours is a um, 
provider, protector, procreator. It's part of your DNA. You are there to provide and to protect your family. And we are givers and adapters, but everything needs to be done with moderation. And we give and adapt to the point that the well is completely empty. Mm-hmm. And now you have a wife that's struggling. Now you have a wife who's never happy. So anyway, we kind of just went off on a little bit of a tangent. Um, what well, I did want to say, and you might remember, you've read enough of these books, um, there's a gosh I can't remember it's a, it's a really popular book that the gentleman it's a it's a self-improvement book that the gentleman says behind every successful man is a supportive wife do you know who that's from it's not Eldridge no 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 shoot anyway if somebody remembers and email me or something from my website <laughs> um, but it's it's a truth that the studies have been shown like Every successful businessman out there that's really hit great success in their life has had a supportive wife. And it's different than what we as wives think it is because we never were taught your language. So it's the ladies that either were really intuitive or had a mom that really taught them well from past generations. Um, But the world right now is not teaching this. The world right now is you don't need men. You don't need men. Ladies, you can do it all yourself. And it's it's wrong. I mean, I just flat out tell you it's wrong. We do need each other. And But I just want to say that I've learned that personally with my own journey of discovering the intense woman, getting rid of her, that you feel more success in your life when I am supportive to you. But it goes the other way around, too. I feel more success in my life when you're supportive to me, but we weren't taught the tools. Mm -hmm. So we're going to do another podcast in the future on how husband and wives can work together and what they can learn. I've got great materials to choose from for people to share with them. There's an audio book I'm waiting for Jeff to listen to. um, So he's kind of up to par on, on what I really want to talk about in that podcast. Luckily, Jeff is very willing to listen to what I share with him and what I'm studying. He's, like I said, he was always into self-improvement way before me. I think that is a really, really um, respectable, respectable, did I say that right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Respectable. Respectable. Respectable trait. I think it's one that we can all have if you choose to have it and humble yourselves. It takes humility to know we weren't taught everything, but... I don't know any of you out there. I mean, email me if I'm wrong. Were you taught all the intricacies of marriage and how to maneuver through this messy thing called life? We weren't taught them, but we do have people who have already done all the research and already done all of the the, the headway and legwork. We don't have to reinvent the will. And it's all on creating secure connections and a secure connection with your spouse. So um, I want to have Jeff join me another time that we will discuss, you know, how can we each be doing our part on the communication aspect? Because there will always be difficult things to communicate about. Mm-hmm. And Jeff, you do you like to talk about difficult communication things? I'm really good. No, <laughs> I hate to talk about hard things sometimes, like probably like anybody, you know. Yeah. It just uh, it's just uncomfortable, and you know, it's like anyway, kind of avoid. I'm kind. Of, I like to avoid any conflict. 
And but it doesn't have to be conflict. It's just talking about hard things and being able to come up with a solution or or whatnot. So so obviously. Two imperfect people coming to create, together to create awesome imperfectness. There's going to be hard things to talk about, so we have to learn the tools. You willing to learn all the tools? I'm willing. <laughs> He's already learned a lot of them already, but there is a couple of books I want him to read before I do that podcast with him. Anything else you want to say, hon? I just want to say uh, um, it's amazing to watch uh, Trina work so hard and uh, be able to share her message. It all began with uh, her learning this and then wanting it, wanting to share this to, to women throughout the world. And that if she can resonate with uh, one person and, and change one person, that uh, it's, it's worth it. So I just want to say thank you for all your hard work. You're amazing. Um, I love you and you're just, you're you are my number one. I love you so much. <laughs> like I said, he's my number one supporter. He really is. He's the he's the beneficiary of getting rid of the intense woman and feeling like he can breathe. I think <laughs> you probably feel like you can take deep breaths and I love you too and I I've this journey has been amazing. It's been hard. It's there's a lot of legwork in the background that's exhausting, but um he's been right there through the whole thick of it helping me figure it out. So I certainly appreciate that. So ladies, I hope you enjoyed getting to know Jeff a little bit um, and I look forward to having him back on. I want to thank you for listening today and that if you found that this episode was fascinating for you, that you learned something new, please be willing to share it with your friends or leave me a review. I'd really appreciate it. So I will talk at you next week. Have a great week.